Welcome to the Homeschool Together podcast. Where one working mom and a stay-at-home dad help you navigate the nuts and bolts of the growing and dynamic world of homeschooling. With a focus on early learners. Like me! All the ins and outs of building and maintaining your homeschool life. Homeschool! Find out tips and tricks to make things like this easier. I'm reading! And ultimately, enjoy educating your kids. And what's that last thing? Have fun together! Did I do good, Daddy? (laughs) Yeah, you did, sweetie. Good job. Hello and welcome to Homeschool Together. Thanks so much for joining us. If you have a chance, head down to the show notes, check us out on social media and all of our fun little links down there. Today we're going to be talking about taking your passions and leveraging that into your educational space within your homeschool. And so today Ariel is going to help me (laughs) take my terrible impressions and very bad dad jokes and tell me how I can leverage that into a doctor and lawyer. Well, I mean, the whole purpose of today's episode, I was thinking about, you know, when parents say that they, you know, oh, they're not sure if they can homeschool because maybe they weren't as good in school. They don't feel like they don't feel like they uh, have a lot of um, innate uh, skill Mm -hmm. in core academic quote unquote subjects. And one of the things that uh, I was thinking about is just how much you know, even if you, you know, you weren't great in school, you, you struggled yeah. that there's a lot of things that you, uh, your spouse, your community can help to provide to your child beyond just core. Um, and you know, everyone's got talents and skills and passions, mm-hmm. even if they don't, if they're not talented in it, but they're passionate about it. So we just wanted to talk about that a little bit, trying to use your strengths and strengths of those around you to, um, you know, enhance your homeschool experience. You know, this kind of dovetails a lot of times with the idea of the imposter syndrome. You know, we've exactly. talked about this back, and we'll go ahead and link our imposter syndrome episode in the show notes if you haven't had a chance to listen to that. This is one of my favorite ones. Yeah, and it is a common question, a common issue that we see a lot of times, especially with this, you know, massive influx of homeschoolers that we've had in the last two years or so. You know, there's a lot of people who jumped into it out of necessity, and then they discovered that they could do it. And a lot of mm-hmm. them, so that, you know, they probably felt inside, oh, I, I can't homeschool, this is not my thing, This I, I can't do this. Mm-hmm. But then they had to, they punched through that wall of, you know, resistance, that kind mm-hmm. of that, you know, Stephen Pressfield resistance that there might be, and get through onto the other side and realize, that, well, this isn't really that complex. If I follow the instructions, maybe I pick the right curriculum that's right for me and my kids, I can actually do this thing that I thought was impossible and take a lot of the the allure away from education and realize how much of it is, it's just a daily process of work and effort and connection with your children. You know, we talked about this a lot when we, we, we should do a little, you know, we'll do a little, little session here. Mm. We, we built our first house. That was probably oh. a bad decision. Yeah, probably. But outside of that, we actually lived on the property mm-hmm. and we actually physically built our own house. Yeah. And, I always thought building houses was like voodoo. Like it was amazing. It gets put together. But then you realize it's just the slow it's a process. process of it's nailing a process things together. It's like everything. Yeah. yeah. And education, I, I see that a lot A lot of the same thing. Like we know that teachers go to school to be teachers. We know there's certifications. We know there's ongoing training. We know there's this whole bureaucracy of education. And we look at that and say, well, I couldn't even dare 
do right. that for my kids because there's this huge thing. It's so complex. It's so big. And there's so much education around it. And once you start to do it, you realize that the things they went to school for was not actually how to Johnny. Two plus two is four. They're not going to school for that. They're going for more like esoteric stuff about managing classes and you know philosophical things. And the action of actually teaching is not as complex as we think. And so mm-hmm. once you get into it, you realize that. And so I think this is a nice dovetail with that kind of the idea of the imposter syndrome where once you get past that, you need to find ways to keep your own interest and to drive your own passion into your homeschooling. And one of the reasons that we homeschool too is so that we don't have to stick with just the core subjects. Absolutely. Right? We, you know, we don't have to just teach reading, writing, math, history, uh, foreign language, you know, the things that are going to be required in school. We can teach other things. And, Mm -hmm. you know, through those other experiences, this is the way that our children develop their own hobbies, passions, potentially careers through these other experiences. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of wanted to address, you know, for those well, folks and, that... And to jump on that idea, that, that nugget you just had, the idea of exposure yeah, leads to discovery. Huge. And that I think is the thing that we're all fearful of as homeschoolers is that are we giving them enough exposure so that they can then go find that thing they want to do? You know, maybe you have a kid who's really STEM-oriented. All right, I knew Johnny was going to be a, a sta- you know, an engineer all all the way from the beginning, or I knew, you know, Daisy was going to be an artist all the way from the beginning, right? That that's true for you know the margins, but there's a lot of kids who don't know, right? I have a good cousin who's a really really intelligent kid, did really well in yeah. school, and he knew he wanted something STEM related, yeah, but, but he had no idea struggled. exactly what. Even all the way through college, like he's starting to have to make decisions now to figure out what he wants to do. And I think that's true for a vast majority of people. It's hard to get exposure time, you know, when you spend so many hours in a classroom and then you come home and you have homework and there are some extracurriculars, Mm -hmm. which are exposure items, right? There's, there's not a lot of time for kids to find the things that they're passionate about because they're very busy. Mm -hmm. And I think that it's particularly in, in, in this young man's case that we know in our family, incredibly brilliant, wonderful student no time to explore his passions and just because he was just so busy with other things. So, but, but, you know, a lot of those activities are, you know, we as homeschoolers, we're always trying to find that next activity. We we are, but I I think, you know, you spend so many hours in class a day and Mm -hmm. there's so much wasted, you know, crowd management time and things that, you know, we don't have to do that. We we have other options, which I think is important. Uh, And so anyway, what we wanted to really talk about here is just that, you know, we all have strengths and we need to think about those and the way that we can leverage them for homeschool so, because there's yeah. there's a way. Yeah. So we'll start with, with you as the parent who's listening right now. You're the cornerstone of the educational experience. I mean, you are the one that is delivering the material, organizing the things, doing the actual nuts and bolts homeschooling, which is the hardest thing about all of this is actually sitting down and doing the work. Um when you're going to talk about something like this, we need to start with you, right? Which right. is, so we're going to start with identifying your passions or your talents. So, Right. So that's, you know, you and your spouse, right? The, mm-hmm. the your adult family, the, members in your household, yeah. it, you know, so this is where we want to take a real look at, you know, do you or your spouse have any special skills? Um, is it something that you're really good at? Uh, Now, these don't have to be huge. I'm not talking about like, I mean, we have engineering backgrounds, right? So I can juggle lemons like nobody's business. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you actually can juggle (laughs) and spin things. Um, But, but, you know, we have engineering backgrounds. And so we feel very comfortable in a lot of academic subjects. But this doesn't have to be huge. This Mm -hmm. could be um, mom knits. 
mm-hmm. right? Or, or um, your farming family. We've had a few families that we've interviewed that have kind of like hobby farms that they're engaged in. Right. And we think about the endless opportunities. There. Yeah. Dad knows all about raising animals. Yeah. Um, you know, it could be, it could be something very small. Uh, you know, you know how to do low voltage electrical work. Mm-hmm. I mean, right. It, it doesn't have to be a, a big deal for there to be something educational there. And so I think, you know, if somebody asked me, hey, uh, you know, Ariel, what are your talents? I would really struggle with that because I would be like, I don't know. I'm not really talented in anything. I, I like a lot of things. I mean, I, I have a job I think I'm pretty good at. Uh, you know, I have the hobbies like this podcast and things. Mm-hmm. But do I have any talents? And that that word makes me think like, you have to be extraordinary yeah, at some big important level. thing, yeah, <laughs> right? Yeah. Perform, oh, yeah. I'm the reigning champion of the. Or I'm an expert in blah. You don't have to be an expert. Um, I can do a mean puzzle. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, and you know, you have to look too like at your job. Is there some aspect of your job that could be helpful in homeschooling? So for me, I'm a professional, and I am all day on email and Excel technology. All the computer stuff, right? That's something that I could leverage. I could sit our daughters down and I could help teach them typing. Mm-hmm. I could teach them how to use Excel to help check their math homework, right? But, but I mean, even, but even these more are so, things I could teach. You could take your whatever you're teaching, whatever you know, whatever curriculum you have chosen, and then dovetail that with the aspect of what you're right. of what you're talking about. Like, okay, so we're getting into spelling, so maybe I can start teaching some spelling and simple writing on a keyboard, right, and help them right. find that type of stuff, like. It can be as, as simple as that. Right. It doesn't have to be a huge thing. So really look at, one, do you have some skill that that you have now, that a, a talent, a skill? Mm-hmm. Then, you know, look at your job. Is there something that you do for work that, you know, actually that would be really helpful to teach my kids. I would, I would venture to say that most of us in our jobs mm-hmm. have something that we could teach our children from what we do every day, um, you know, or your spouse does every day. So, you know, think about that. Um, is there something, uh, too, that I have as a hobby, right? Like, so I have a, I have a passion for, uh, musical theater, for mm. example. And we're doing this right now. Right. I have a passion for musical theater. I love to sing. Um, I've done some choir stuff. Am I a wonderful singer? Yes. No, I don't. I mean, I think I'm an average singer, even though I love it. Um, I have been involved with some theater stuff, and I really love that. So right now, uh, my oldest daughter and I are taking a journey through musical theater, and we are watching musicals starting with the birth of the modern musical, Showboat, 1927. And we've been watching the movies, and we've been discussing how... Well, you're specifically following... You know, going with it is you're following the DK musicals. Yeah, there's book, this which DK this... definitive guide yeah. to musicals I got for Christmas yeah. from your from your dad. Good get, good get from dad. the father in law. Good job. And uh, so yeah, we're following this and we're discussing with each movie. We're discussing a couple of things. One, we're talking about the change in music, the mm-hmm. change in dancing, the change in costumes, and and then you know these musicals we've been watching right now. We're right in the middle of the 30s, so we're talking a lot about the Great Depression. Mm-hmm. Um, there are you know, we watched one movie where a woman wanted to get divorced and she wasn't allowed to because her husband didn't allow it. Yeah, there's cultural changes. Right. And so there's cultural there changes, there's things to talk about, right? So there's a there's a lot of different pieces that we can discuss, even though I'm not talented in musical theater, but I love it. And so I'm I'm able to share that with my daughter and we're learning that together. And that's something that I'm leveraging for homeschool. And it's it can be as simple as that. Everybody has something that they yeah, love mus- and are passionate about. Your musical thing about. right now is a great example of that. I mean, I, I, I can't 
I can't stress how how great you're just using the book, almost like a spine, mm-hmm. dovetailing it with the library to get, you know, those classic old movies and then mixing those two together in a nice experience. And you're, you're not watching a musical every day. But when you do watch, you maybe watch for 30 minutes and maybe another 40 minutes and you come back to it. It doesn't have to be a two hour thing. And it's a great way for you, as you said, just to impart that interest, that hobby, that that passion of yours into the educational space. And who knows? I mean, that may right now that doesn't necessarily dovetail with our around the world study. No. But for some people who are more eclectic and we're, we're realizing a lot of a lot of parents out there are very eclectic in their homeschooling. So you may want to do a, you know, a musical unit study over the course of like, sure. say, four months or, or whatnot, and then bring all this together, right? So these are just great ideas that you can have. Right. We're watching this, and she's watching Fred Astaire tap dance, and she's like, Mom, I want to tap. Yeah, exactly. You know? And so she's discovering something that she might want to do. And also re-invi- reinvigorating her, her existing passion for dance as it is. Exactly. Yeah. You know, it's funny when we read about different kinds of dance classes she could take. It's like, oh, well, you could take a tap class. And she's like, oh, okay. But now she's seen tap dance. She's like, I want to learn to tap dance, right? <laughs> so, you know, getting that experience and exposure is something that I'm passionate about. Um, so look at your passions. Look at the things that you love to do. You you love to write. You're mm-hmm. a writer um, and you love to do that. And you and our daughter have been writing stories together since mm-hmm. before she could read that she would dictate to you and you would write them and she would draw the pictures to go with them. Mm-hmm. That's something that you are passionate about that you've been able to bring in and incorporate She's she's got to think through the story. You, so you started well, this was, when she was like four. Well, even just today, like we were sitting in the car, you were in the grocery store, and I and I was like, she's like, I'm bored, I'm bored, I'm bored. All right, let's come up with a story. And she's like, okay. I go, you have a character. What's the problem with the character? What happened? She goes, well, I don't know. I go, I'll give you. A, I'm in essence giving her a writing prompt. Right. And I said, okay, you came home from school. You know, we came home and we pulled up into our driveway, and our house was gone. It was it was just gone. It was just vacant. Everybody else's house was still there. What do you do? And she was like, "Wow, okay." So then, yeah, then I would do this and this, and, right. and you know, get that mind flowing. And you know, that's nothing more than a writing prompt that could be on you know my writing prompt, you know, Twitter writing prompt or some Reddit writing prompt, and just get that mind going. What would happen? What if? Moving on right. again. That's my she's passion. Being able to thinking come through. logically through it. Yeah. What would the characters do? Yeah. Then maybe she's doing art with it too. <laughs> Right. I mean, there's so many ways for us to this. This goes back. This whole thing goes back into incorporating learning every day, obviously. But we wanted you to think specifically about the things that you love and that you're good at Mm -hmm. and how we can give that gift to our kids. And I have been loving our musical journey together. And, and you know, we're just starting, but we're loving is helping to to round out a lot of experiential stuff. I mean, we're doing our curriculum. We're doing math and science, you know, math and, and reading and science and all the all the other stuff. And then around the world journey, but I wouldn't have done a musical study and you're able to bring that in right. writing stuff, reading stories. And sometimes I will tell stories that I know she's not able to read yet, but I'll give her kind of like the cliff notes edition. And I do that to her because I remember my dad doing that. Like my like, dad, tell me a story where we're driving to school at you know, second grade and be like, all right, well, there was a ship called the Nostromo. <laughs> like, ooh, you know. And, uh, we did that when we were camping yeah. earlier this summer. Yeah. She wanted stories around the campfire. Yeah. And I swear to goodness, the only thing that we could think of was James Cameron, <laughs> James Cameron movie. movies. So we told her the story of every James Cameron movie that we could think of. We told her Terminator. We told her all this, yeah, all these yeah. movies that she's too young to watch, right? Yep. She was 
fascinated, just riveted <laughs> because we shared this. So even if you you have a love of a wonderful TV show or mm-hmm. movie, mm-hmm. share that with your kids. I mean, it it doesn't have to be grand. And, you know, we have to think outside of these core subjects, right? If, hey, if you are super talented in math, then you go. You go with your bad self. That's mm-hmm. great, mm-hmm. <laughs> as they would say in the 90s. But... You know, if if you just have a um, a passion for a crafting or cooking, right? Your your mother is a chef, and so we we will call upon grandma. We were studying Italy this week, and mm-hmm. you have Italian heritage stuff. We called grandma. I said, "Grandma, come on over. Let's make pasta." Grandma came over and did a whole cooking class with our kids about making pasta. Right, and our older daughter fresh made pasta and everything. Oh yeah, our older daughter was measuring, and it was an incredibly educational experience for her that was born out of a, a talent in our family. Well, and let's, that leads into what we're focusing on, you know, what passions you or your spouse might have, but let's step outside of your family and see if there are people around you. That's maybe the, maybe the next sphere of influence. And as you said, my mother, who has that background in, in cooking, and she's able to provide that a great experience for our daughters. And they were both doing it this weekend, which was really cool. Nice little wrinkle that's been added to an Absolutely. And stuff. Your father is a doctor yep. and often he will explain processes in the body to mm-hmm. the kids when they were, you know, they'll, or they'll talk about having a, an injury and, mm-hmm. and he'll talk through that with them. Right. So he's, he's passing on his knowledge. So look at grandparents, aunts and uncles, um, your neighbors, mm-hmm. some other uh, friends in your community. And, and if they, might have something and could don't have a feel... gra- grandmother who likes to garden you could have an uncle who Absolutely. likes to uh, a naturalist like my dad's getting into birds right and so he likes to sh- you know share that interest with the do- with the girls Absolutely. there's a whole experience every time we're over the houses that the girls hop in the golf cart and they go drive around and give bird bird seed to all the all the birds right. and they're starting to learn to identify mm-hmm. birds and when we are out and we're going on a walk they want to take pictures and send them to grandpa so that he can identify the birds for them exactly so you know and we're it yeah, incorporating to, that the proximity is is doesn't necessarily need to be there you can take a picture Sometimes I've taken videos and I've sent it to my dad mm-hmm. and had had him ask answer the question in a video as well. So I mean, you can you can really play with the technology that we have now. You know, even with or without the pandemic, I mean, you can really use your phones, videos, texting, mm-hmm. anything that is there in front of you. You can use to leverage these type of things. Yeah, we all have family friends that have an interesting job that they can talk to our kids about. We've got a friend that works at a nuke plant, yep. and she was able to to talk all about what it means if a reactor would melt down and what what's that process mm-hmm. like, you mm-hmm. know. And I mean, she can describe all those things, right? Maybe you have a, a neighbor who is a you know retired police officer. You mm-hmm. can talk all about criminal justice system or what being a police officer is like. Maybe it's even just a day in the life of what their career is like. You have to leverage other people in your community. Um, And don't forget about older siblings. Mm Right, and older we're see, siblings. We're seeing this now with the Legos, right? Absolutely. Our our older daughter is really talented at building, and she is sharing how to build with her younger sister, mm. and and that's just kind of organic as we're playing. But think about if you have an older sibling that's really talented in a sport or something else, think about maybe not just not just an organic play situation, but like formally saying, "Hey, why don't we all take a soccer lesson from, you know, the yeah, oldest so, so, sibling yeah. who is really great at soccer." Mm-hmm. you know let's let's do that and let's incorporate it these are all these are all the wonderful ways that we make homeschooling so yeah. rich yeah. and rewarding and, and i think a lot of us already get this that you had the great idea of the homeschooling as a community and 
you know, leveraging that. And we, I think we all, you know, understand that at our core, but sometimes maybe we lose touch with the thinking mm-hmm. about these things. And, you know, as we're starting on the new year, we've talked about what we were planning to do with our homeschooling, um, how we're using our parent partnership in the last two episodes. You know, as you go forward this year, as hopefully the world begins to open back up, it's going to be like, you know, your children's education is going to feel like a budding flower this year. I think we've all been feeling very, very cold mm-hmm. and insular. Absolutely. And I think this year might be the the year of the opening where we will go back out into the world and see, wow, look at all the stuff we can do. And, <laughs> and really, I think maybe this episode is really just keep that in your mind because, you know, the light's at the end of the tunnel and we're going to get back out there and there's going to be all these opportunities and you'll want to make sure that, all right, you want to be that baseball coach and say, all right, guy, go out in the center field and you're going to third base and, you know, really manage this wonderful blossoming period that we're going to all have. Yeah, I think that's very true. So the, so we talked about looking internal and we'll talk about, you know, looking at your surrounding area that, you know, the, the people around you, that little, mm-hmm. that micro community, you know, how do you turn your talent, you know, into a learning opportunity? What is the mechanics of that? So one thing that you can do, obviously you can just teach, Yeah. right? Hey, I know this and I'm going to teach it or mm-hmm. we're going to talk about it. I mean, that's the most basic way, but there's, there's so many other things that you can do. You can take something that you're... Maybe you're interested in it, highly interested, but you don't know how to do it yet and turn that into a learning opportunity that you do with your child. Yeah. I I think, I think I'm going to be doing this in the next few weeks with with my oldest. I went to, I went to gymnastics and her stretching ability is very poor. Like she's not very limber and I, and I, you know, you know, you're actually, you're actually very well versed in all kinds of. Yeah. And I think, I think her and I are going to spend a a little bit of time. We're going to do a little daddy daughter PE time and we're going to be doing some stretches together because I've been, uh, this has been a kind of an interest of mine. I have kind of low back issues, but you know, working and, and improving my, my personal health and my flexibility and my back health has been a big focus of mine for the last about three or four years. And I think I'm going to start to bring her in and doing mm-hmm. stretching properly because I, I kind of see her, you know, a little stiff here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it'll help her with her, you know, with her gymnastics. Yeah, and I everything. think she's growing very quickly too. And so she, yeah. she needs that stretching even more as she's, you know, spurting up. I, absolutely. And I remember when I was young, when I was younger, especially about these girls, they are following more in my genetics than your genetics. Mm-hmm. Um, and <laughs> they're very tall. And uh, <laughs> very, very tall. so I remember when I was younger, I was a little gangly. That's weird, you know, long um, monkey arms. I, I hope that our daughter doesn't get that way, but she's only six and she's like four and a half feet tall. So it's uh, going to be a bit. So the other way to, uh, you know, we talked about just teaching, directly yeah, teaching yeah, yeah. your your skill, um, you know, or, you know, imparting your knowledge. And there's having your child join you while you are learning something and mm-hmm. do that journey together. There's also looking for branches off of your talent or passion. Like we discussed with the musical study, right? We're using musicals and I'm talking about that time period and what's happening. And we could decide to go into more branches. We could decide to talk more about the Great Depression and look at books and talk about the stock market. And, you know, you could look for branches off of that, right? So you're talking about writing Mm -hmm. and you could branch off of that and you you could write something and have her illustrated for you. It's a great example. Right. We could use writing her own story to be to teach her typing Mm -hmm. so look for branches from the thing that you're good at or passionate about as well absolutely you know you can even take that into books reading you know fun stories television um talking about you know 
the big thing that we always do is we read books that have been adapted into either TV shows or movies. Mm -hmm. You could start to talk about reading stories, watching the movie, talking about the differences, you know, talking about the differences in like the ch the choice of like the clothing they wear or maybe even the, the way the scene was shot, watching a scene, going back and reading it from the book and seeing what's different. Those type of little cool little wrinkles, I think, are illuminating in, in mm -hmm. a way that you, they, you wouldn't get you know, at, you know, in a school or in any type of other type of educational setting. That's right. Having those type of, you know, we love film. We love, you know, reading. We do a lot of books. So maybe that might be something that we begin to leverage a lot of. Mm -hmm. um, and then with that type of interest, you could say, all right, well, maybe you want to start making your own stop motion animations. Right. right? Or maybe you, you have a 10 or 12 year old who wants to start to learn about 3D modeling because they love animated movies. Well, okay, you'll go out and download Blender right? It gets free and you can download it and they can start making their own stuff. Maybe it's something that you're also interested yeah. in a passion that you have and you can involve them in that. You know, is there yeah, a hobby exactly. that you do that you can involve your child in? You know, your mother uh, crochets, that's mm -hmm. a hobby she has. And now she's starting to uh, involve our daughter in her crochet projects mm -hmm. so that they can do that together. You know, with these young learners, it's tough because the, you know, they're their skills are pretty low right now. That's right. But I mean, I can really imagine if you got an eight, nine, 10, 11, 12 year old, I mean, that can just really blossom into a really fun mm -hmm. and exciting experience because it is something they're way more capable of doing. And, you know, with our daughter, she's six. She can do a lot. And it's an amazing thing. Yeah. It's more than you would think. Yeah. And, and I think when you're really passionate about something and you're really into it, your kids are naturally more interested right yeah. than they would be if you just picked up some random hobby this is something that you love to do and it's infectious mm -hmm. for them right i think that that it often uh now our daughter loves dance and things but i think she loves this musical stuff because she knows that i'm so into it exactly you know she picked up one of the covers this morning and read it and our daughter does not uh, choose to read mm -hmm. you know if she's not i mean asked to read something and she picked it up. She said, but mom, aren't we doing swing time next? Uh, and I was like, oh, uh, well, no, we were going to do this other movie first. But you, how did you know that the title of that was swing time? She goes, well, I just I read it. Yeah. I saw you looked at it in the book and I went and picked up the movie. And she goes, look, mom, it says swing time. She goes, that's what it says. She just acted like it was no big deal. And I'm thinking, oh. She chose to voluntarily read something for mm -hmm. her own information. Yeah. That was a big deal this morning. Um, and it just happened because we were doing this other study. So to wrap this up, this might be a little long-winded, but just the point is think about the things that you love to do mm -hmm. and that you're good at and how you can help your kids in your homeschool, how you can use that. Yeah. It's just, this is more of a philosophical thing than Absolutely. a practical thing that we normally do. But I, I think, you know, these resetting of our ideas, resetting of our mindsets are important as we move forward. And we continue to evolve. I know a lot of parents here are very young learners. And so as they begin to blossom, it's it's important to have these type of... It's nice to... Sometimes it's just nice to mm -hmm. consciously think about it. Yep. You know? And make a plan for you know, how you can involve your kids. Absolutely. So we want to end it the way we always do. With what are we into? I like to move it, move it. <laughs> I like to move it, move so it. So the kids have been... You know, we've had some really <laughs> rainy weather. Last week it rained oh, like it. the entire week. It's rain, snow... 
COVID. Yeah, yeah. We've been basically not able to leave the house. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't just like normal rain. It was like pelting rain and we needed it, but the kids were going stir crazy. And so we're trying to get the wiggles out. We were trying some cosmic yoga, which we do really love on YouTube. It's fabulous. We'll put a link in the show notes because it's amazing. The two and a half year old doesn't, isn't in the but cosmic yoga. It's very yoga slow, right? Yeah. So you've got to be, you know, yeah, our two and a half year old's just not into it. So I YouTubed kids Zumba classes. <laughs> And there are filmed kids Zumba classes that our kids went crazy for. So our daughter was all fidgety the other day mm-hmm. in the middle of her lesson. And I was like, come on, let's get up. Let's go and do a thing on the TV. And I turned on a kid's Zumba class and we did like one song. I was huffing and puffing. Mm-hmm. And our daughter was too. And she was totally energized and ready to sit back down and work. Um, and so I just, I found this thing and I I wanted to share kids Zumba. It was oh. awesome. Awesome. I mean, and and what I like too is I don't know if any of y'all have attended a an adult Zumba class. <laughs> I don't feel like I'm like poorly coordinated. I would not say I am highly coordinated, but I'm I'm like average, right? I feel like I attended a, a regular Zumba class, and I was like, is this the advanced class? Because I cannot <laughs> keep up with these moves, right? Everybody else is keeping up. I feel like I'm going the wrong direction. I'm just like, <laughs> I I feel like all those other ladies they come every week and. I don't know if they do or not, but I felt that way. Mm-hmm. But the kids Zumba class, I can totally do. Like I can totally stay on. And then my daughter was the one who was like trying to keep up. And I was like, yeah. So it was actually, it was like a good mini workout for me and affirming that I'm not totally klutzy. So bonus points. <laughs> this one, and, and that concludes this, what are we into? It's brought to you by the National Heart Association. <laughs> Cardiovascular workout. Get to it. Yeah, well, it was cool. It was like pop songs, but yeah, they were good because no, they, they were, were they were kid appropriate. Yeah. It was a great workout. It was a great reset. And, and the and, moves weren't so hard that mom and, couldn't keep up with it. And for it. the dads, look in the background. There's some kids phoning it in. They're going to have to, they're going to get cut on the next video. <laughs> there's one video where this, all the kids are dancing. This one guy was just, oh, he was phoning it in. I loved him. <laughs> well, there was this one that, there's this other one that we watched where the kids are all dancing and there is a like one-year-old who's just walking between them. <laughs> so all the kids are like Zumba and then they got to avoid the one-year-old because he's like, toddling around yeah, it got, was pretty cute they got and little ev- easter eggs for you eventually he walked off the off the screen right and our daughter was like <gasps> what happened to the baby <laughs> like something terrible i said he's just over there it's okay like, nobody's watching the baby <laughs> yeah, it was all right so anyway if you need to get up and move and get those wiggles out we recommend doing some kids zumba on youtube thanks so much for joining us today and making us a part of your homeschool journey please engage with us on social media Join our Homeschool Together podcast group on Facebook and find us at Homeschool Together podcast on Instagram. We'd love to hear your feedback, questions, and recommendations. Until next time. Happy homeschooling!